Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Les Bowen, Paul Donnelly, G.J. Smith. Guys, I'll say hello to our listeners. Hello out there. to our listeners. How's it going, guys? <laughs> so two weeks until training camp is supposed to begin, till we're actually watching practices. Big news, though, is whether Doug Peterson will be there or not. On Sunday, he tested positive for the coronavirus and was, I wouldn't say sent home, but went home to to quarantine. And the Eagles are saying that he's asymptomatic. They're saying that as far as they can tell, no one else has no one no one else has contracted the coronavirus from Peterson. I guess we'll wait and see. Sometimes it takes days to find out. Uh, number one, whether you've you've had it or days till you actually start to show symptoms of having the coronavirus. This is certainly a you know, this is a monkey wrench. This is uh, this has been something I I don't know if everyone entirely uh, thought. I thought maybe more likely players than than a coach, but. Uh, Someone jump yeah. in. Which what do you think? What do you think this well, means? Well, in the in the short run, it doesn't mean much. I mean, he'll be back, assuming that he continues to be asymptomatic. He'll be back by the time they're actually uh, on the field. But in the long run, if you really look at the situation, I mean, they've got him and Lane Johnson that we know of that are positive right now. If you extrapolate this to like October, you know, if they're if it's a game week and Lane Johnson and and Doug Peterson come up positive, which I guess they won't because they've already got it. But, you know, some that equivalent of, of a thing, it's chaos, you know, and we're, we're just barely underway here. And uh, this has to somehow die down for them to really have a season it's, or else it's going to be like baseball. You, you've all seen what what's going on there. I don't you know, it'll be really funny trying to cover the NFL and Maybe the Eagles are going to play this week, or maybe they're going to play on Tuesday because the so-and-sos had five guys test positive, and they're not allowed to travel. So, you know, maybe the game will be Wednesday. (laughs) You know, I think think that's where we're headed, frankly. Yeah, no, I mean, I I certainly agree, uh, Les, but I I guess the NFL or the Eagles would counter and say that, you know, this was bound to happen in the early Mm -hmm. uh, stages of testing. They they were bringing in people from outside. Mm -hmm. This is why uh, the NFLPA fought for two weeks of, of daily testing. Right. And once we get, uh, you know, the full number of players and coaches who have tested positive, you know, self-quarantine in itself right. and people realizing that this is a very real thing will, uh, I don't know if it create a herd, herd immunity. I don't think that's mm-hmm. exactly what they're going for here, but uh, you know, it'll, it'll die down enough by the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Damo, do you think that's that's realistic that that may that's the way it'll play out? You know, I mean, my concern here is, I mean, this is an indication of of how uh, uncertain things are when you don't exist in a bubble like the NBA and the NHL are. I mean, he supposedly got this at home or somewhere outside the facility. You know, one of his kids could have given it to him, his wife who got it. You know, I mean, we don't know. and because people are asymptomatic and, and don't even know they have it, uh, it, it's just, it's so, it's so fragile. And so now the thing is, it's going to happen to everybody. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, this is a house of cards that 
I mean, I, I think ultimately teams are going to have to expand their rosters. They're going to have to expand their practice squads. And we're, you know, I mean, and they're going to have to just accept the fact that they're going to be playing a lot of this season with guys you would have never expected to see playing. They've yet to, you know, as far as we know, right, the, the roster will be 53 by the start of the season. Practice squads will be 10. They haven't really made any alterations to rosters to account for that possibility. Well, they practice squads to 16. Right. 16, okay, my bad. I got to think that they may, it may even be more than that yeah. if we get a certain right. large number of – I'm not sure why the, each team has, you know, right now every team has 80 players on their roster. Uh, the smart move here is you don't cut anyone. The problem is you got to find a, you know, you you it just increases the chances of 80 people not, you know, contracting it. Uh, yeah. So you're, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you can't win. It's, uh, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other there. So, but I mean, you're going to have to, you just need more bodies than 53. This thing's going to. This yeah, gonna, there are going to be outbreaks. <clears throat> yeah, but well, Doug could be back by he could be back by Friday theoretically. Right. If you look at the protocols they have in place, he would have to pa- pass two uh, separate tests within five days of each other, um, uh, and then he would have to get clearance from the team's uh, head physician and also by the NFL chief medical officer and blah blah blah. I think you know. Uh, more likely maybe 10 days before he's back. That would take us right up to August 12th, which is the first day the Eagles are actually practicing in uh, helmets and shells. Uh, Five days after that, then training camp will start. So I I guess my guess is that Doug will be back on the field by the time practice starts, though for the time being, they're saying virtually he'll conduct meetings, et cetera. I don't know. I guess he can do that. Doug Dustaley, assistant head coach, will, will, I guess – he'll run the operations of uh, and handle the responsibilities of being the head coach at the facility. From what I was told, Doug's been around a, a fair number of coaches. Press Taylor, it's been reported was maybe perhaps the one who was closest to him. So they sent him home, but although he's tested negative, I've spoken to a, a couple other coaches and they said that they're doing fine right now. There were a couple players. I understand that were around them. I would assume it's Carson Wentz yeah. uh, probably being the most uh, predominant. Um, there was, I also was told that there was one staff member who did initially test positive, but then they did uh, subsequent tests and they came up negative. So this is just, it's, this is just going to be kind of, uh, we're, we're on the COVID-19 for the next few weeks. And here's, here's the um, interesting thing too, is, I mean, the best thing that could happen right now, I mean, assuming the, the, the whole antibody thing is, is correct. Is, is for Carson to get it. I mean, that's the worst case no, scenario that's a, is that Carson gets it. And Carson's giving the one who's yeah. the, they're going to have to protect him the most. But I mean, if he gets it now and he's immune, I mean, that's one, that's, that's an important cog you don't have to worry about during the season. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we still don't, do we know if people are immune? Uh, that's the thinking, but no, I mean, nothing's certain in this. I mean, uh, EJ would know and knows better than anybody with his wife being a nurse. I mean, he has a lot of in, uh, insight into this, but uh... yeah, I mean, there is, I think they're still trying to figure out how much the immunity actually exists. Um, like some people have gotten it twice, but um, you know, I think like if you do get the antibodies, you're at an advantage, but it is tough to like, you know, it's tough to say that it's still good to get it just because we don't know 
what the long-term implications are. Right. Exactly. Um, so right. we're here. We're, so yep. it's, it's, you know, theoretically, sure. Like if he gets it now, it's out of the way. He doesn't have to worry about it throughout the season. He probably still wears a mask when he needs to and keep social distance and, you know, theoretically wouldn't get sick again, but you know, it's just hard. It's hard to do that because of the, like the, the human side of it, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's hard to like say, Oh, it's good for you to get it just because you know, your, your wife and your kid might get exposed to it. And also like, if we find out 18 months after you get it, you have serious lung problems or something. Yeah. Or you're but, Edward, you're Eduardo Rodriguez and end up with a heart issue because. Of right. The... Yeah. But you know, theoretically, I mean, the antibodies I've, I mean, I've gotten antibody tested twice and you know, they're both negative, but I was sort of hoping I had the antibodies, um, you know, yeah. just because I, I never felt sick. And if you, if you have them, it's at least a little bit of an advantage, but it's just weird to talk yeah, about they, like they, that, you know? Right. They are saying that there is a possibility that people are having, um, heart problems uh, after even they've recovered from COVID-19. So, so there's so much we don't know about it. Um, and I, I assume Carson Wentz doesn't want to get no. it. Uh, he is he is basically self-quarantined in, in a 2,000-acre estate <laughs> in South Jersey. So, you know, I, but the thing with Carson is he's probably the one player who spends the most time around Everybody in the facility, you know, everyone's going to be like, he's got to be in the quarterback meetings. He's got to be in the offensive line meetings. He's got to be around Doug more than anybody else. He's got to be around all the offensive players more than anybody. So you really have to be protective of him. Mm -hmm. Clearly, if they lose Carson for a week, you have Nate Sudfeld and we don't know much about him. Um, So I I threw this out there less before you got on and, and before we started the podcast. Maybe this isn't probably the lighthearted way to go, but I mean, it's it's bound to happen. I guess Lane Johnson might have been everyone's guess for to be the the player who'd most likely get the coronavirus, and he's already checked off that uh, that box. Who else? I mean, <laughs> what 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 do, what do we worry about, or what type of player? Like I've been asking a lot of rookies. I think they may be okay because they're basically sequestered at the you know the the courtyard yeah. in the Navy Yard, the team hotel. I think you're worried about young single men. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what veteran players are worried about in, in my conversations with them. And they don't really want to say that because it's going to sound like they're, you know, being critical of, of young guys. But it, one veteran said, thinking about me, you know, when I was young and and single, you know, you, it's it's a lot to ask these guys not to ever go out or have interactions with anyone, you know, outside the team. Uh, uh, that, a lot of the rules from the NFL were like small groups and things like this, which we don't really, you know, if you're out with, uh, you know, five uh, ladies that you've met, you know, that's not, that's not safe just because it's a small group. You know. uh, Gee, speak for yourself, Les, five ladies. Yeah, really. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, it's just going to be so hard to, uh, with this number of players, uh, to really get any degree of, of safety. And, uh, no. you know, I, I, I obviously empathize with Doug, and I really hope he's fine and all that. But when he talked to us last week, a lot of us afterward were kind of, you know, he was really Pollyannish, I thought, about we're in a bubble here and, you're not. If your if your bubble has a hole in it, where everybody goes home every night, it's not a you know that a bubble with a hole in it is a bubble that's popped to me. 
I, yeah. I, well, that's uh, you know I don't think Doug was kind of sticking his fingers in his ears and and I just think that's just Doug's yeah. mo to kind of like all is well, remain calm. Yeah. And if you really kind of asked him away from the podium, he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm ner-, you right. know." Unfortunately, Doug just isn't the type of coach to kind of maybe one I, I think articulate. Yeah a greater worldview of this problem as Ron Rivera, I think did a very good job of last week. I think Les, you and I spoke about this briefly, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, ironically Doug ends up getting after that. I I think they'll be able to manage this. Okay. Through August because of the limited contact, Mm -hmm. Uh, although they're going to have some, uh, some content, you know, some padded practices at some point, they're allowed 14, uh, but, I mean, the real test is going to come when they start playing games. And, uh, you know, offensive and defensive linemen are spending 60 minutes wrestling with each other. Uh, and, and, and when somebody gets it, how the hell do you contact trace? Right. Uh, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm told that, that largely most of the league is going to go to no huddle this year uh, because of, you know, trying to eliminate at least that factor of, of con- contracting it in a, in a huddle. But it's just boy, this is going to be tough. And when you add in travel, too, you know, that would yeah. be a factor right. once you get out of yeah. August. And that was really kind of the bugaboo with baseball, I think. Uh, you know, we could end up with the, uh, you know, the the uh, Washington football team, you know, quarantined in a hotel in Philly for a week or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly there's not as much travel in the NFL as there is in Major League Baseball. I, I was more concerned about the downtime when these players are going home and, and – yeah being around their families and then obviously occasionally maybe going out to socialize here and there. And I, I think that to me is the greater risk yeah. of there being some sort of uh, contagion in the Novacare complex. You know, I just, you've got guys, you know, I mean, so some of the things I think about a lot is like a lot of these guys, I mean, they got to where they have, they got to where they are by being, you know, at least to them, like larger than life and strong enough to handle things. And, you know, it's like they play such a a physical sport that they might think, oh, I'm not going to catch this virus. And even if I do, I'll be fine. So I think a lot of these guys, you know, probably, I mean, maybe not probably, but some of these guys, you know, don't take it as seriously just because, you know, they they think they, they think they'll be fine. You know, it's like this invincibility complex that some well, of these guys have. You, you saw that on, uh, you know, uh, before before training camps opened with, you know, I mean, Fletcher Cox uh, putting pictures on Instagram of like a dozen of uh, players, including several of their offensive uh, defensive linemen training right. with him down in Texas. Uh, you know, Lane Johnson, presumably, from what I'm told, you know, contracted the uh, coronavirus from some, you know, from another player at his, down at his farm that was training with him. Uh, right. So, I mean, these, these guys weren't wearing face masks. They're, they're oblivious to it from the fact that, like you said, EJ, they all think that, okay, if I get it, you know, I'm not, it's not going to be serious. And, you know, it's just a matter of quarantine for a, a week or two. So, uh, you yeah. know, the, the reality, and maybe that is the reality. I don't know, but, you know, it's going to take it's going to take yeah. one serious situation to yeah. scare the shit out of these people. Yeah. Well, you know, right now it's not tar- affecting them terribly. Lane Johnson not being there is a big deal. Uh, Jordan Malata, while we don't really know much about him in general, this period and, and any period that he has with coaches and, and learning about playing a position he had never played two years prior, 
was his important time. Nate Gary, I mean, he's kind of like the most veteran linebacker returning <laughs> yeah. on this yeah. on this team. We don't know really, honestly, if they if they're experiencing symptoms or not. We don't even know if, if the reason why they're being told to stay away is because they've just come in contact with someone who has the virus or they actually have the virus. So there's going to be a lot of unknowns moving forward here. Hopefully, when we start getting in the building in two weeks, we'll get a better idea. I, I know our listeners would much rather hear us talk about football, but this is just reality right, right now. And it's really hard to talk about football when we're not down there and we're just kind of getting guys on these Zoom calls. Um, but let's talk a little football okay. if we if we can um, before we part here. What do you guys have made? I mean, we've spoken to Carson Wentz and we've spoken to most of the rookies so far. Let's start with Carson. Um, he, I guess, he mentioned how he's – this is the first really off season that he's had in quite some time where he hasn't been coming back from some sort of injury. Yes. He had the, the head, the head injury in the playoff game, but that, you know, he was fine a few days after that, you know, some people observed when the Eagles shoot, showed some video of him walking into the complex for the first day of, of reporting that he looked bigger. Um, you know, is Carson poised to have like what we say is, is a breakout year. Let's assume everything kind of proceeds the way, that you know, best case scenario normally would. What do you guys make of Carson and and what he's walking into here this season, and and what you know, what's the cap on what he can do? Well, that's really interesting. I I think he's poised for success, but we've said that before. You know, this time last year we thought he was poised for a great year. We thought they'd added all these weapons. We thought everything was going to be great. Uh, I would say we're again depending on the health of Deshaun Jackson quite a bit. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know how that's going to go another year older. Um, you have all these rookie receivers, but this is probably the worst year ever to try to rebuild your wide receiving core around young players. You know, they've not practiced in the offense here on August 3rd. Uh, it's, it's so dependent on other factors. I think he's fine. I think he's worked from what I can gather he's worked hard on his body and on you know any kind of technical flaws that might have been a problem last season that were a problem at points you know he finished the season really well until the, the concussion against Seattle but he's dependent on you know the guys in front of him which we have some questions about the the receivers again which we have some questions about and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's I can't I can't really say that I'm confident that he's going to have a great year. I think he's set up to have a good year, but there's we're just so far away from being able to really see what he's got and and, and who's out there with him. Yeah, he alluded to, you know, what we saw last year with the offense was like just the lack of a big play. Besides, really, Miles Sanders, they they lack big big play threats, uh, especially on the outside. And while Howie Roseman addressed that. With the, with the draft picks and then with the trade for Marquise Goodwin, although that has now uh, been nullified by his decision to opt out. You know, Carson said this. He's like, well, you know, if we're, if we got to slog it out with longer drives, then we'll do that. Uh, but, you know, that's – you just can't right. uh, thrive, I think, in the NFL that way. That's um, not how you win a Super Bowl. You, you have to be perfect for 15 plays every drive, and that's just – that's just not – feasible i i think over the long course like you do have two very good tight ends and t- and 
Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, and you have Miles S. Sanders, who should, I think, maybe elevate his game in year two. So it's not like the Eagles are devoid of, of talent on the offensive side. They have what on paper is still a very good offensive line, assuming, you know, everyone comes back healthy and, and lanes as he is. And Jason Peters can step into guard and, and Andre Drill, Dillard isn't as much of a disaster uh, as, as not as much of a disaster. Andre Dillard doesn't uh, cement that position at left tackle. But you're right, Les. I mean, wide receiver just to me seems the same as it was a year ago. And even with e- with even more question marks, we don't know anything about Alshon Jeffrey, when he'll be back, whether he's even on the field. But that's really, in some ways, your most reliable guy. guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, Greg Ward is at best maybe a slot. You're going to ask Jalen Reger to come in and, and play right away. We don't know how productive he can be as a rookie. Maybe he will right. be. We've seen it before. There's just so many – that's the thing. There's just so many question marks about the wide receiver position. And, you know, Carson's the type of guy, I don't know, maybe EJ or Domba, you guys can jump in on here, but he's the type of guy where he needs to kind of see guys open rather than throw them yeah. open. And that's why they got the speed guys. But that a lot of that re- re- relies on timing and practice, and he hasn't had the opportunity to practice with a lot of A oh, big guys. reason they, you know, they were so fixated on, on rigor was the speed factor. Uh, because they just felt safeties were, were, were in Carson's lap last year, that uh, they were playing up so much that it, it made everything congested in the middle of the field, that it, it hurt the tight ends. I mean, you saw that with, with Zach Ertz's uh, yards per catch average last year. It was smaller than even the year before when it wasn't very much. Uh, the year he had 116 catches. Uh, so, you know, somebody's going to have to uh, – whether it, whether it's Deshaun or whether it's Rager, somebody's going to have to step up and at least be a threat on the outside, at least force uh, defenses to respect that uh, speed and open things up for Carson. The other thing is, you know, you mentioned the long drives, guys. Uh, the defense uh, played a factor in that. Uh, yep. Very little turnovers last year. As, as, you know, I think they were, I want to say, 19th. The overall, maybe in, in turnovers or interceptions, or 22nd and one, 19th and the other. Uh, that's got to change. I mean, that's one of the reasons Darius Slay is here. He's a guy that, that has has been a, a guy that can you know that can intercept balls. Or at, uh, so I mean, they've got to give Carson a short, a more short fields this year to play with. That's a good point. What, what's what's the EJ? What, you know, what do you think of the odds are that Deshaun Jackson comes back and, and is able to kind of assume? the role he's previously had before. I like, I, 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 part of me feels like there's some underestimating him odd as much odd as that may sound. And I I know all it's very valid when you ask, when you look at the injuries he suffered over the last six or seven years and missing most of last year, but he, he, to me, he looked as fast as ever prior to the groin injury. The question obviously is if someone at the age of 34 can still be that fast and not suffer these kind of soft t- tissue injury. Right, we're going to have to see what he looks like on the other side of the injury and the surgery. Um, I mean, he only played, what, two and a half, one and a half games last yeah. season? And, I mean, if you look at his track record, obviously he never – he's only played a full season once or – I think it's just once, maybe twice, maybe his rookie season. But he plays double-digit games most, most years, you know. So I do think that three is a little low. Like, if you expect him to only play three games – I know he's getting older, but that is – probably a little low um if i yeah, had to guess right. i mean he's the type of player where he's gonna have to show it 
over and over again that he's not the same guy before teams just say, all right, we don't need to shade a safety over his way. You know, I think he'll get the respect early on and he'll really, really have to prove that he doesn't deserve it to not get it if he can stay on the field. Um, Right. I imagine the Eagles will take 10 to 12 games out of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? You know, you mentioned earlier, uh, guys most likely to contract COVID. (laughs) Put him at the top of my list. Yeah, I mean Deshaun's. Yeah, he's known to get out. Um, I don't know if he's matured. Mar. He's got. He's got. You know, he has a son now, and um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Are there more opportunities to go out? I, I don't. I don't know. You know, <laughs> that, that's. But that's that's a fair. I mean, that's, that is fair. Um, right, Les. I mean, we we've been around him. How many? We've covered him his entire yeah. career. You know, I don't know what his lifestyle is now. There was a time when uh, you know you would have. Worried about all kinds of things with Deshaun, but I don't yeah. think I don't know. I just I just don't know him that well anymore. But before we leave the wide receiver topic, yeah, the one thing in the off season that kind of rang an alarm bell with me was the extent to which they hyped getting Marquise Goodwin. Now, yeah. he's not even going to play now, but this is a marginal guy. The last several years, who's been hurt a lot, who they basically got for nothing, and you would have thought. Howie Roseman's, you know, extolling him as the fastest guy in the world. And Carson's talking about how he's seen him on film and he can't wait to play with him. And to me, that was really telling that they were making such a big deal out of acquiring a guy who there was a 95% chance that he was not going to be anything, you know, out of the ordinary, even before he opted out of the season. And it just kind of illustrated to me where they are with this. They're, they're looking way down the road with these young guys, and they really didn't fix the wide receiver position in the offseason in terms of 2020. I think they, uh, the way I read that, Les, was that I, feel like, I still feel like whether they were saying that, they still felt like there was a small chance that this guy was going to maybe even make the roster. He was just kind of a backup plan. I think the reason why Howie hyped it a little bit was because they did – they did nothing during free agency and they at least wanted to say, okay, we've covered our basis here, at least bringing in someone who has done it before in the league. But if you look at that period, it's not, it's not that you didn't go out and sign the Robbie Anderson's or the Brashard Perryman's to me, it was, which could come back to haunt them for this year or maybe even longer is, and again, who knows what kept them from making this deal, but, you know, Hopkins was available. DeAndre Hopkins was available. And I still kind of yeah. wonder why they weren't more in on that. I, I don't – from what I've heard, they weren't very much in on that. It just didn't um, fit the mode that they see themselves in. But sometimes they can get too in love with their plans, you know. Well, I mean – Right. To, to me, that solves that solves your wide receiver yeah. position. Bang. You still connect. You could still build. I mean, they still could have drafted. Yeah, right. I, I know that you, you gave up a first round pick, but for for Hopkins, you probably would have given up a first round pick. But you know, Howie could have found some way to move up. And even then, I don't. I, Rager probably would have been available in the second round. I, like I just, yeah, that had I, more to I, do. I mean, that had more to do with the cap. Uh, it had to do with. It, it, it yeah, had to do with what deal. they were going to have to pay him and what he was going to count against the cap. And it had to do with their fear that the line would start forming at the door uh, of other players. Correct. And, and, and they are yeah. really worried right now about surrounding 
a quarterback that's going to cost them $34 million on the, against the cap starting next year, uh, uh, surrounding him with a cast that's too expensive. Yeah, right. What, I mean, one of the names I heard that could be you know, the first in line was Zach Ertz, but I bet you Zach Ertz wouldn't have mind uh, DeAndre Hopkins yeah. drawing two defenders away from him yeah, and him having to... the open, middle yeah. of the – yeah, like, I just – I don't know if I can buy, I completely buy that argument. I don't want to look back too much. And but. beyond that, if even without Hopkins, you used your second round pick on a quarterback. And right. I know, you know, Damo did a wonderful job. You guys have both done excellent jobs in explaining, you know, why, why this happened and so on. But you could have used that pick to move up and get CD Lamb, you know, rather than have Rieger, who might or might not be everything they think he is. I think a lot of people right. didn't think that he's what everything they think he is. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I think pretty much everybody thinks is going to be a big star in this league, and he's now playing for Dallas. And well, that, I, yeah, I, that's a comparison. Well, yeah, that'll be made for years to yeah. come. Now we'll see how it plays out. But that's a pretty good transition to Hertz, uh, who we did speak to last week. Um, and you know, I, I guess I, yeah, I, Dama, you wrote a little more in, in depth about you know why they went and made that pick, and uh, you've actually since. The pick you've been a proponent of it, uh, less easy and I less so. Can you can you expand a little bit on on that topic? Well, I mean they they obviously value the backup quarterback position more than most people. Uh, one, uh, two, you know they could have signed a, a veteran backup. Uh, you know the names. You know I mentioned the names in my story, starting with J, you know Jameis Winston, Joe Flacco. Uh, even uh, uh, Dalton, who ended up signing with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the Cowboys, but I mean, they just feel that they had, you know. Again, it goes back to it goes back to Carson's contract. I mean, they feel that you know this would have been the last year they could really afford to to to, to pay a veteran much more than than peanuts to to back up Carson, and they felt they they really liked this kid, and they felt that. Uh, you know, they've done, you know, they, they did their own math as far as who's, you know, the history of, 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 of finding any players worth a damn at, at that position in the third through seventh rounds. Uh, they liked him. Uh, they liked, you know, Jeremy Chin too, the, the safety from Southern Illinois, but they felt this guy would have, is going to make more of a difference potentially down the road. If, if Carson gets hurt, then, then, Right. Yeah, Chin was the guy that they were going to take. So, yeah, Chin was it. definitely the guy, one hundred percent. Hurts, but like I mean, Hurts is, geez, I mean, talk about it's it's a tough enough position to have to come in and play, um, you know, as a rookie and and or at least learn the position and and we don't even know yeah. what Nate Sudfeld is to be perfectly frank. I mean, he's had less than ninety less than a hundred throws in the preseason, less than fifteen in the regular season. Um, so it's not like Hurts is going to go in there and supplant him. Will we see him in a package? Of, will he have a package of plays every game? EJ, I mean, you, you were there for that yeah, conversation. He, well, he, you didn't see anyone touch on that. A topic. big proponent of the improve every day mantra. Right? Yeah, <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm not sure. It's 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 hard to imagine that they would go this season without him either supplanting Sudfeld or playing in some sort of package. But I mean, at the same time, like whenever he's asked about it, he, 
he doesn't – I mean, he's not, like, bristling at the question, but he doesn't seem interested in talking about it. Maybe it's gamesmanship. Maybe it's um, maybe it's a little bit of, you know, I don't want to give it away. But I don't know. The Eagles also – I know that we've – they obviously have an interest in these two quarterback systems, but Greg Ward's been in the building, and, like, last year he was on the field, and he never threw a pass, and we were all waiting for it. You know, I used to joke that the, the way he would throw the ball to the, the referee would be, like, you know, perfect form, like he was getting loosened up or something. And um, so it'll be interesting to see if he does end up playing. I, my guess is that he'll end up as the backup at some point this year. I know it's a tough year for that, but I mean, you haven't seen a lot out of Sudfeld and it's kind of hard to imagine that you'd spend a second round pick on a guy and then not use him at all. You know? Yeah. Real, real quick, DJ, <laughs> one, one point that, that I've heard from that organization is you go back to that playoff game last year and, and, and that played a lot into their decision from the standpoint of, you know, Carson gets hurt and they got to go to 40 year old Josh McCown who right. tears his hamstring. Right. As opposed to the potentially in another situation in another year, being able to turn to, to Hertz who not only they believe can develop into a, into a good passer, but gives you that extra element that, that you get from people like Lamar Jackson. Right. Right. Dom, I've heard all those arguments and to me, it always goes back to yeah. just the evaluation yeah. of this kid. That's what it's going to come down to. They think he's yeah. going to be a really good quarterback in this league. And there are a lot of people who doubt that. I mean, there, you know, I talked to a bunch, a few GMs from other teams, a few, scouts and personnel guys from other teams and they did not right. have him in the second round they they saw him more as a third late third really honestly more of a fourth round guy they, they could be wrong the eagles certainly have a good track record in evaluating quarterbacks they also right. have some bad examples of i mean clayton thorson was a horrendously bad yeah. selection and uh he's not you know do you, you know, Matt McGloin having him in here, uh, th- you know, there have been other examples of the Eagles, the quarterback factory, not exactly doling out, you know, assembly line type quarterbacks once they've been asked to play. So what's what's our value? I mean, we, you know, ha- we've had time to look at this this kid. At least I have. I know, Domley, you've seen a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume the other guys have. Do we think Jalen Hurts can be a productive NFL I mean, he's got work to do. Uh, I, but I think, you know, you look at his numbers last year. I mean, I watched most of his games. Um, he's a smart kid. I, I, I think he potentially can be a, a, a productive quarterback. And, and, and I think accuracy is I'm a sorry, big what? issue. And that's the number one thing you need to come into the what's, NFL what's and be able to, to do. He completed nearly seventy percent of his passes last year. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but they I, were one and two read throws. I mean, look at some of these other guys. Look at you know, I used with my story the other day. I, I compared his final college year numbers to, to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson averaged ten percentage points lower completion wise. I mean, you know, he, he comes right. from a system that valued accuracy. Uh, he. I mean, my concern with him when I watched him last year in college was he, he occasionally threw a, a really some really dumb interceptions, but he didn't have a big number. Uh, I think he had finished with eight. So, you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's anybody's guess right yeah. now. Uh, and and they, they like him more than most. Yeah. They respected Lincoln Riley's assessment of him. Um, and, you know, we'll ultimately find out. Uh, yeah. and, and we ultimately might, might find out that 
Carson Wentz will stay healthy and, and it'll never be a factor. <laughs> yeah, my thing about Jalen Hurts in this year is they're so big, you know, historically on knowing their system, knowing the ins and outs of their system. And given the situation, I can't see any way. He might be the greatest off-field student in the history of the game, and I could be totally wrong, but I don't see them having any real uh, uh, confidence in, in him and his grasp with their offense to put him on the field as, you know, the backup quarterback. Now, put him on the field for a package or a gadget play or something is different, but I just – it, it's it's going to be tough. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this is the Birds, Birds uh, Eye View podcast, and we'll talk to you as soon as possible. Bye now. Take care.